Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 26th of September 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And well, I will say, I will say, I will say a lot of good wrestling on this show. I will give them that a lot of good wrestling on the show, but overall, not that great of a show. I mean... We had just a fantastic main event. And as soon as I said, man, I'm really enjoying this match or something like that, I tweeted out, like, I love this match or this match is really good. I tweeted out, God damn, this match has been so good. And then all of a sudden, we get whatever we got for that finish, like, two minutes later. Two minutes later. I'm like, well, never mind. Never mind. And then we do the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, and only one match is Extreme Rules, and you had another match that was basically no count-out, no disqualification, and you didn't even you didn't even take advantage of that, which is very weird. Very weird, because remember in WWE, all triple threat matches are no DQ, no count-out. But they didn't take advantage of that as far as I noticed. So, weird top to bottom. They set up a big match for tomorrow's Monday Night Raw. We'll get into that and stuff. But yeah, interesting show. I wouldn't go as far as some to say that if you missed it, oh well. Because there was some good wrestling on the show. Like Charlotte and Alexa, that was actually a really good match. So I wouldn't go as far as to say don't watch the show. I mean, if you missed it, watch the main event because it was cool till the last three minutes, maybe five minutes. And there was other good wrestling on the show, but it was just like, I don't know. And, and, and also, I've seen some say, Worst WWE pay-per-view in a while. This show was just so bad. No, no, not that at all. But what I do want to say is thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Actually, let me make sure Twitter is working because they've changed things up a little bit on Twitter. And the way that they do live streams now. And I think it is working. So I think... We are all good. Yep. Cool. But remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out on Twitch by subscribing to the channel as well. And remember, it's still September. Yes, I said September. As September, you get 20%. 20. 20. Two zero percent off of your subscription, yet us as the streamers and creators still get the full benefits. We still get the full benefits as if it was a normal month, but you guys get to subscribe for cheaper. But if you say, hey, I don't have money to subscribe. I already pay for Amazon Prime. Well, then you're in luck because if you link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, then you get a Prime Gaming account. And Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like sometimes free games, in-app purchases for free, like DLC and different things for different games, and always, always one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you use that subscription on us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Uh, FKit Crunch, I did say Twitter. You can go live on Twitter. We're live on Twitter right now. I'll give you the link in the chat if you want to check out how that works. Let me go back to it. Link, link, link. Post. But with that on the flip side, well, actually, first, if you don't have Amazon Prime, 
You can use anybody's Amazon Prime account. It doesn't have to be your own. It could be your mommy, your daddy, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your brother, your daddy's mama, your daddy's daddy, your grandpa from the other side, the guy that bags your groceries, the girl that, I don't know, painted your wife's fingernails yesterday at the salon, wherever. Get manicure. Say, hey, can I use your Amazon account? To link it to my Twitch account and subscribe to PW Unlimited and support them. They say yes, they say no, whatever. Hey, as long as you tried. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out by in the live chat giving us a super chat or a super sticker donation. Remember, everything does help us keep this channel going the same way it is and not have to, you know, decrease anything. But also remember, you could join the Unlimited Army hitting that join button down below. Becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. My nose is all stuffed up. But also remember, the most direct way to support us is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. But with that, we've got extreme rules to talk about. And not only, and I didn't mention this early, not only... Was the show just all right? Like, if I was voting with you guys in the polls, remember the polls are up top of the chat. If I was voting with you guys in these polls, I would say the show's just all right. But, but also, there are some audio issues and more than just audio issues with Peacock. And from who, uh, from who I spoke with within WWE, they said none of those issues were on their end. It was all on Peacock's end. Peacock had these issues, which I can confirm because also. I had a friend over earlier watching Premier League on Peacock, and there was issues on that as well. Second half of one of the games just did not want to load properly. Like, it would play, and then it would stop, and this, and there's a lot of issues and stuff. So Peacock's been having issues with our live streaming all day. Good thing I don't have to watch NASCAR on Peacock, even though it's on NBC. I'm like, oh, thank God that the NASCAR race was on NBCSN and not Peacock, which... They're teasing in two years. They're going to put NASCAR races on Peacock. Please don't. Please don't. Just keep all the NASCAR races on television. I prefer they're all just on regular NBC. Actually, actually, I'd really prefer if all the NASCAR races were just on Fox because NASCAR on Fox is the best. The best. It's the best production. It's the best crew reporters. It's the, and nothing against the, the team at, at NBC. They got some really good guys there like Steve Letarte and Jeff Burton and all them. Fox is leaps and bounds better. Fox has got Mike Joy, the voice of NASCAR. And it's a shame. It's a shame. And I know I'm going off on a tangent on nothing that has to do with wrestling. But it's a shame that we only get Mike Joy for half of the season every year for NASCAR. Why can't this be like other sports where they're just on one, one network? Well, not all sports. IndyCar is. IndyCar is only on NBC. Why can't NASCAR just be on Fox all year? I wish so. I wish NASCAR was just on Fox all year, and that would be so fantastic. So fantastic. Just Mike Joy all year. Lead commentary. Him and Clint Boyer and whoever they put in as the new third chair next year. But anyways. Excuse me, F-Kit? Jeff Gordon was not good in the booth? I thought Jeff Gordon was really good in the booth. The hell? Jeff Gordon not in the booth anymore because basically he's taking over Hendrick Motorsports. But that's another topic for another show for another day. Go Denny Hamlin. But with that, we had a lot of issues on the pre-show. So the main pre-show is going well. It's going good. We got Caleb Braxton. 
We got Booker T. We got Kevin Patrick, JBL, Rosenberg, Booker T, and all them. And then all of a sudden, the match starts. Out comes Liv Morgan. Out comes Carmella. And Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are talking and stuff. And all of a sudden, we hear Spanish commentary. And I go, what? what, 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 what? Bien? ¿Qué? And I'm like, what's going on? And so Carmella goes to speak. Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, stop talking. But Spanish commentary continues and translates Carmella's promo. Like, huh? They translate Carmella's promo. So we're going through this match and you hear Pat McAfee, you hear Michael Cole, but louder than them, Spanish commentary. And it took me out of this match. I couldn't pay attention to the match. I'm sitting here like, oh, do I just mute it? Do I, huh? What the hell is going on? And eventually it stops. And I go, oh, they fixed it. And like two minutes later, whoop, Spanish commentary again. I go, oh, fuck, they didn't fix it. So I really didn't get many notes from this match because I was just so like, can't pay attention. I couldn't really pay attention because there was just so much like, what the hell going on? But I do know that Liv Morgan won in a pre-show match. In a pre-show match. Like, it wasn't, from what I was able to pay attention to, it was all right, but it wasn't nothing special or anything. And watch, watch. We're going to go to SmackDown on Friday and we're going to get Liv Morgan versus Zelina Vega again because Zelina won last week. So they got to give Lynn her, Liv her win. She beat Carmella. Now she's got to beat Zelina. Like, I, I could see it happening. Friday, it's going to be Liv and Zelina. Mark it right now. I'm going to, I'm going to call it. Um, just looking here. We've got a super chat that I will read in a little bit because it has to do with the main event. So I do thank you, Kai Buskus, for the super chat. Know that I do see it, and we'll read it once we get to the main event because that's what it's about. Also, War Hedgehog says, Tim, what about IMSA Motorsports event? What about it? I watched 24 Hours of Daytona. I watched Sebring and Lamar, but I don't really follow IMSA that much. I follow NASCAR to a T. I mean, I run a fantasy NASCAR league. I follow IndyCar for the most part. I don't, I'll miss a race or two here or there. But IMSA, I just watched the big ones 24 Hours of Daytona or the Rolex 24, Lamar, Sebring. That's about it. Um, Dan the Man says, I believe there was French commentary in there as well. If there was, it was all jumbled in together, and I couldn't tell. I think I did see somebody mention French commentary, but I heard the damn Spanish commentary. I don't know if I heard French or not. Maybe I heard it. I don't know. I don't know. I was just so confused. I was just so confused. But going forward, we go to the main show. And the main show starts off with a match that was announced during the pre-show. They couldn't even announce this, like, Earlier in the day. Like, announce this at noon or something. Announce this two hours before the show. No, you announce it during the pre-show. And it's an 18-minute match. It's the New Day against the team of Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. Yeah, that's a weird pairing. Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. I mean, they needed a heel tag team to help Bobby Lashley. And they couldn't do Cedric and, and Shelton. That would have been great if he still had the Hurt Business. New Day versus, oh my God, I'm just thinking about it now. New Day versus the Hurt Business right now would be money. Money. Killer. 
Um, Dan the Man says, I heard it as well, but I also heard that Pat McAfee also explained the situation why Spanish and French was interrupting the feed. Well, if he did, I didn't hear Pat say that. I didn't hear Pat say anything about the other commentary feeds. If he did, that was someone in his ear telling him what to say because he wouldn't have known about that. He wouldn't have known about that sitting out there. But regardless, there was also issues where Peacock would freeze on me. And during the SmackDown women's title match, Becky and Bianca, Peacock literally refreshed itself on me. And I don't even know if I missed anything because it refreshes where they're doing like a Let's go Becky EST. Let's go Becky EST. We'll talk about this more later. And then all of a sudden, refresh comes back, and they're just both down, and the crowd's kind of like, mm. like what the, what, what did I, what, huh? But anyways, the opening match, the six-man tag team match. This is a really, really, really good six-man tag team opener, and all the team and all the men in here got to shine. Fans broke out in a loud New Day rocks chant as the bell rang. Woods had the early advantage, but Styles fought back with the calf crusher. Woods then made it to the ropes and tagged in Kofi Kingston. The fans erupted in a loud Kofi chant. Kingston missed the trouble in paradise and Styles went for a back suplex. Kingston landed on his feet and went for a back suplex, but Styles slipped out and went for a chop block. Big E tagged in and got a big pop. Big E threw Styles into the corner and demanded Lashley tag in. Big E backed Lashley into the corner, but New Day stomped down Lashley. Kingston attempted to dive onto the floor, but Lashley caught him. Lashley... Then hit a drop. Uh, Woods then hit a drop kick on Lashley, knocking them both down. Lashley took over, tossing Kingston across the ring. The heels isolated Kingston on their side of the ring, and the fans reacted big when almost entered the ring. Like fans fucking love almost for some reason. And I don't know why. I mean, he's a cool spectacle, but it's not like he's a great wrestler or anything. Yet, 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 he's still early on, so he can get better. We'll see. Um. He rocked Kingston with some forearms and an uppercut. Almost, that is. Almost then lifted Kofi with a vertical suplex and dropped him face first. Styles tagged in and slowed the pace down a little with a chin lock. At one point, Kofi gained control. Had nobody to tag, though, because, well, the rest of the New Day were taken down. Lashley took back over and went for a power slam. Kofi slipped out the back. Woods then got the hot tag and ran a wild on Lashley. He caught Lashley with a shotgun dropkick and a DDT for a near fall. Lashley fought back and hit a power slam on Woods. Woods hit a missile dropkick and tagged in E. E caught Styles with the belly-to-belly suplex and knocked almost off the apron. He followed this up with a big splash and went for the big ending, but Styles avoided the move. Big E then went for a spear off the apron, but Styles countered with a leg drop. Big E and Kingston then powerbomb double foot stomped for a near fall and Lashley broke up the pin. Kingston avoided a spear with a leapfrog and sent Styles to the floor. Biggie and Kingston. Biggie sent Kingston over the top rope, but almost rocked him with a big chop. In the ring, Lashley dropped Biggie face first for a two. Lashley set up for the hurt lock, but Styles tagged himself in. Lashley was not happy with that. He went for the phenomenal forearm, and Lashley tagged himself a back in and accidentally hit a spear on Styles. Biggie then hit the big ending on Lashley and picked up the victory. The whole thing there is. AJ tags himself in. Lashley wanted in. Miscommunication. Lashley gets pinned. I don't like the fact that Lashley gets pinned and then gets a title match tomorrow, but all the miscommunication thing and whatnot, it was all right as far as the finish goes. Match itself was good. Really, really, really good. 
So going forward, they showed Becky getting ready for her match later, and the crowd popped and they showed her on the screen. We then had a 13, almost 14-minute match. It was the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Street Profits. The Usos and Street Profits had a really good match. Again, another really good match. And I don't think I'm remembering. Yeah, no, this one really didn't have like a screwy finish or anything, which was a shocker. A big, big shocker. This one was just a good match. So they recapped the whole thing with Roman and the Usos attacking Ford last Friday after Roman took on Ford and Dawkins not being there. And they said, you know, Dawkins was at a wedding. And I'm like, I still don't get why he got the day off. Doesn't make sense to me. They turned it into a storyline saying that if Dawkins was there, none of that would have happened. And, well, because of it, Montez had to work with the heavily taped rib and a broken, possibly a broken rib is what they said on commentary. The Street Profits had the early advantage after a pair of drop kicks. Fans broke out and allowed, we, allowed, we want the smoke chant. Usos took over and Jimmy targeted Ford's ribs. Jimmy and Jay then dropped Ford on the top rope. Jay then gave Ford a back suplex on the floor and pulled off the tape. Jay slowed the pace down by working over the ribs. Ford tried to make the tag, but Jay pulled him back into the middle of the ring with a, and hit a forearm. Jay missed the splash and Dawkins got the tag. Dawkins ran wild and hit a, a flying elbow on Jay. He followed this up with a twisting splash on Jay and then Jimmy. Jimmy recovered and sent Dawkins to the floor. Jimmy attempted a suicide dive, but Dawkins caught him in a suplex. Jay attempted a suicide dive, but Dawkins cut him off, and Dawkins hit a superplex into a twisting neckbreaker on Jay for a very close near fall. The fans then broke out in a loud, We want tables chant. They never got them damn tables in this match. And... I don't get why they broke out in a We Want Tables match anyways. Like, it's not an Extreme Rules match. It's not a Tables match. It's not no DQ. Anyways, Street Profits hit a Doomsday Blockbuster for a close two. Jay hit a splash on Dawkins, but Ford made the blind tag. Dawkins then hit a Spine Buster, and Ford went for the Frog Splash, but Jay got his knees up. Jay rolled up Ford for near fall. Jay then rocked Dawkins with a super kick, and Jimmy hit a splash for a near fall. The fans broke into a This Is Awesome chant, and this match was getting pretty dang dang awesome. Usos dragged Dawkins to the floor and threw him into the barricade. Ford then hit a huge flip dive over the top, over the ring post, actually, not just the top rope, but the ring post, onto the Usos for a massive pop from the crowd. Ford then followed this up with the frog splash for a close near fall. Jimmy broke up that pin, though. Fans broke out in another This Is Awesome chant. Finish of the match came down where Jimmy went for a super kick. But Dawkins took the bullet for Ford. Usos then took back over and hit a double super kick on Ford and followed this up with a double splash to pick up the victory. So Usos retained the tag team championships of SmackDown. In the back, Bobby Lashley cut a promo demanding he get a, tag team, or a, a title shot against Big E tomorrow, saying that Big E hides behind the New Day and that's coward chicken shit. And that... He wants a title shot tomorrow, and he wants Big E to come alone all by himself. He wants his title back, he said. And I'm all for Bobby Lashley being just hell-bent and pissed off. I think an aggressive Bobby Lashley is phenomenal. And everyone goes, oh, but Bobby Lashley just this big, strong, meathead guy that needs MVP to talk for him. No, he's not. Bobby Lashley can talk for himself, and very, very well. Bobby Lashley can cut some good promos. People forget that because MVP does a lot of the talking. 
But when need be, he can go out there and cut his own promos and be just great at it. But here's the question. They ain't taking that title off Big E yet, are they? I think the better chance, I think the better chance is Bobby loses tomorrow as his swan song of SmackDown and then gets drafted, or a swan song of Raw and then gets drafted to SmackDown and goes and challenges Roman. We've all been hearing the swirls and the rumors of Drew to SmackDown to challenge Roman, but what if plans have changed? What if that's not the case anymore and it's old Bobby Lashley? It's Bobby Lashley going over to SmackDown to be a big challenger for Roman. What if that? What if that is the case? Gabriel says, no Big E retains. I said Big E retains. The fuck? I said Big E retains. It's the Bobby Lashley Swanson, and maybe he then drafted over to SmackDown. Exactly what I fucking said. So next up, we got an 11 and a half minute match. It was the Raw Women's Championship match. Charlotte Flair against Alexa Bliss. And I thought this match was actually pretty dang good from a wrestling standpoint. These two had a really good wrestling match. Way better than anybody expected. I could say that for sure. Except for the finish and the post-match. And it's like, what the hell? The fans immediately broke out and allowed a Let's Go Bliss chant. Bliss then caught Flair with a dropkick for the early advantage. Flair avoided a DDT, but Bliss sent her to the floor and hit a cannonball off the apron. Flair caught Bliss and slammed her down. Bliss tried to fight back, but Flair hit a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker for a near fall. Flair slowed down the pace with a submission, but Bliss broke free with a Hurricane Rana into the bottom turnbuckle. Flair then quickly regained control after dropping Bliss on the middle turnbuckle. Bliss sent Flair to the floor with a dropkick and went for a sliding dropkick, but Flair caught her and swung Bliss into the barricade. Flair then went for a moonsault, and Bliss rolled out of the way, so she pulled an Andrade, landed on her feet, right into a standing moonsault, the Andrade spot. Flair landed on her feet, and like I said, hit that standing moonsault. Flair, uh, Bliss avoided a natural selection and rocked Flair with her right hand. Flair recovered and went for another moonsault, but Bliss got her feet up. She then tried to roll up uh, Flair with a sunset bomb. Only got a close near fall off of it. Flair then avoided a twisted Bliss. Bliss did a DDT for a near fall. This is a little weird because Bliss is on the top rope and we know she's going to go for the twisted Bliss. But then Charlotte starts crawling over to the ropes on all fours. So Alexa has to jump off, kick, basically kick Charlotte and say, stay the fuck down. This spot's not happened yet. And then she climbs back up to the top rope, does the twisted bliss, but there's no pool. There's no water in the pool. It was kind of a, a weird miscommunication of some sorts. I don't, I don't know. So she hits the twisted bliss. Well, she misses the twisted bliss, actually. And Charlotte's crawling over and grabs Lily. Alexa looks at her and goes, what are you doing? Put my doll down. What are you doing? And boom, just gets booted in the face. Charlotte then hits the natural selection and picks up the victory. So after the match, Alexis rolls out to the floor. Charlotte grabs the Lily doll and rips it to pieces so much that she rips it open and all the stuffing comes out. So it's just the fabric and the stuffing all scattered around the ring. 
The fans will boo this. They boo Charlotte tearing up Lily. Bliss jumps into the ring and beats down Flair. They fought around ringside, and the fans broke out into a loud table chant. And I go, I get it. You want some fucking tables. Flair gained control and tossed Bliss over the announce table. Flair then posed with the belt before walking off. Bliss then got on top of the announce table and flipped out when she saw what was in the ring. A dismantled Lily. She grabbed her hair. She tried to pull the pigtails out and whatnot. And she flipped out and screamed. She gets in the ring. And she's grabbing the, the Lily fabric and the, the, the stuffing. And she's trying to scoop it up like my baby. My baby. My baby. My baby. And she doesn't know what to do. So she drops it. And then she picks it up again. And the fans, fans then chant, chant, Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Lily. And Bliss screams. Bliss then walks up the ramp. And, 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 and I guess she's supposed to be foaming at the mouth at this point. Because she walks up the ramp. And the, the camera pans right into her face. And I'm going to pull this photo up here. The camera pans right into her face. And we then see this. Which screens here for a second. We then see this. And as you see right here, there's some sort of a Alka-Seltzer tablet or something in her mouth. Because apparently she was supposed to flip out so badly that she started foaming from the mouth. Frothing, as some may say. But it didn't really work as according to plan, and everybody saw it when she screamed. I don't know if it was... It looks like it's under her tongue. So maybe when she screamed, she should have cut her mouth down, her tongue down. But yeah, it didn't work enough. Because at first I see the thing, this, and I go, she's foaming from the fucking mouth? And then she screams, and I go, oh, I get what's supposed to happen here. Very weird. Very weird indeed. Vince is probably in the back. I fucking see the tablet. Tell her to close her fucking mouth. Cut the shot. Cut the shot. But with that, a good match with a lame finish. Well, not too lame. It could have been worse. Completely worse. There could have been magic. At least there wasn't any magic. Oop, punched my microphone. Well, this is funny. Paul Heyman and, and Caleb Braxton got great comedic timing together. Well, Heyman's on the phone. He's like, yeah, I understand. The draft. Big things happening. Draft is coming up. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course, we'll make those deals. Uh-huh. Yes, it's great. It's... Excuse me. Give me one second. Give me, give me like two minutes. I'll call you back. No, one minute. I'll, I'll, give me a second. Give me, I'll call you right back. And looks over there's Caleb with the microphone right in his face. And she's just smiling. He's like, excuse me. She said, who, who you talked to, Paul? Who, who, who you got on the phone? And I, I, I so, so miss Caleb Braxton and Paul Heyman doing uh, Talking Smack together because they were phenomenal together on Talking Smack. But anyways. Anyways. He's like, who you talking to, huh? Who, who, who's that on the phone, Paul? He's like, what does it matter to you? You my mom? Gotta tell you everything I do? Are you jealous? Think I'm talking to another woman on the phone? 
and he's like, what? You think I'm talking to another journalist or, or, or just a journalist? You probably think I'm on the phone with Brock Lesnar, don't you? And also we hear, yeah, SmackDown Tag Team Titles, Usos, Bloodline, Usos walk up celebrating. He goes, excuse me, Kayla, SmackDown Tag Team Champions are here. We got business to attend to with the Bloodline. I must go. And he just walks off with the Usos. So he's negotiating something with someone. Who is he on the phone with? We're supposed to believe that he says, I'm all with you, Roman. I'm not working for Brock. I'm not working with Brock. I'm not this, that. But why does Heyman care about the draft? Is he trying to get Roman drafted to Raw and the Usos? And maybe the New Day goes to SmackDown and Roman goes to Raw. We switch the WWE and Universal belts. Hmm? Are we going to learn that that for the first time ever, deals were actually negotiated in this draft and that one team or one, one network offered a contract or a deal bigger than another network to get a draft pick or something? I don't know. I don't know because the way a draft works is you can't really say, okay, I'll sign with you guys in this draft, but I won't sign with them because say SmackDown, well, Raw gets the first pick. Because it's, it's going to go like normal. Raw, SmackDown, no. It's going to go Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw. Raw's going to get three picks. SmackDown's going to get two picks. And so Raw's going to get that first pick. So are they trying to work out? Is Paul trying to work out a deal to where Raw doesn't use that first pick on Roman and he can stay on SmackDown on Fox? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where all this leads to. Also, uh, Chantony... In the YouTube chat says Edge is injured. Well, Edge will be on SmackDown next week. They confirmed that yesterday or Friday. Anyways, anyways. I don't know who Roman or who Heyman's talking to. Does it have to do with Roman? Does it have to do with Brock? Was it Brock? I don't know. All we know is it was somewhat draft related. So next up, we get a 13-minute match. It was the United States Championship match. Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, and Sheamus, and WWE missed a major, major opportunity here because in WWE, as we for sure found out last week on Monday Night Raw, triple threat matches are no disqualification. Well, we had a triple threat match here tonight. It was no DQ. It was no count out, and it was at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Why didn't at least Jeff Hardy get extreme? Why didn't Sheamus smack somebody with a chair? Why didn't Jeff Hardy swanton somebody through a table? Something or other. Like, why? Why wasn't a ladder pulled out, and Jeff Hardy, instead of breaking up that pinfall attempt off the top rope, do it off of a ladder? Big-ass missed opportunity here with, this match being basically no DQ and them not doing anything no DQ-wise at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view with a guy that likes to get extreme and use fucking weapons, a.k.a. a ladder Jeff Hardy. So, Sheamus jumped Hardy at the bell and Priest and Sheamus then brawled as Hardy was thrown out of the ring. Priest was firmly in control when Hardy finally came back in and hit a dive off the steps. Hardy took over and hit a dive off the apron onto Sheamus. Also, yes, Damian Priest's birthday today. He made sure to point out a sign at the end of the match that said, Happy birthday, Damian Priest. Uh, Priest regained control and hit a series of splashes on Hardy and Sheamus. He followed this up with a Falcon arrow on Hardy for a near fall, but Sheamus made the save. 
Fans broke out in a hearty chant and a, another goddamn table chant. James took over and isolated Hardy. Hardy tried to hit a forearm to the chest, but Priest fought back. Priest seemed to slip off the apron for a moment, but he recovered. Sheamus then knocked him down, and Hardy hit a crossbody on Sheamus to gain control. Hardy rolled up Sheamus, but Priest spoke up the pin attempt. Hardy then hit a whisper in the wind on both Sheamus and Priest for a near fall. Sheamus then hit an Alabama slam on Hardy for another near fall, but his mask fell off. Sheamus locked on a clover leaf and Priest attacked Sheamus. Hardy at one point caught Sheamus with a twist of fate, and Priest went for his finish, but Hardy tried to counter with a twist of fate. It messed up the move a little bit and ended up in a dragon sleeper, accidentally, I think. Hardy hit a twist of fate and climbed to the top rope. Sheamus locked Hardy down, and then he mocked him. So Sheamus hit a knee drop on Priest and got a near fall off of it. Priest fought back and went for the pin, but Hardy hit a swanton bomb to break up said pin and got a huge pop off of it. That spot where Jeff Hardy does the swanton to break up pins in like tag team matches and triple threats and multi-man matches is always super cool and will always get a pop. Always. It'll always pop a crowd. Fans broke out in a loud Hardy chant. Hardy and Priest traded shots right in the middle of the ring. The fans then booed Priest and challenged Hardy briefly. Priest went for a springboard off the middle rope, but Sheamus caught him with a knee. Hardy knocked Sheamus out and scored a very close near fall on Priest. Finish of the match then came when Sheamus hit a bro kick on Hardy. Priest then rolled up Sheamus and regained the United States, retained the United States Championship. Then in a weird move, Priest celebrated in the ring and then showed some respect for Hardy as if, like, Hardy's retiring or something. Like, he did the whole, thank you, Jeff, handshake, I'm going to bow to you thing. Like, like it was just swan song. Sheamus walks up top of the ramp and keeps looking back like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Uh, I'm going to get my revenge. He's pissed off and whatnot. But it was weird the way they did the end with, after the match with Priest and, and Hardy. I get it. Priest says he very much respects Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy says Damian Priest reminds him of a younger him. But this really came off almost like a, like, goodbye, Jeff Hardy. Thank you for the time. I really enjoyed our match. Maybe the last time we ever get to wrestle kind of thing. I don't know. It was very weird. Great match, though. Great, great match. And, again, another match that didn't have to have a screwy finish. Just a clean, basic finish. Well, then, Biggie accepts the challenge of Bobby Lashley and says, Tomorrow night on Raw, I'll, I don't, I'll come and I'll defend my title. You say that I, I hide behind the New Day. I don't hide behind Kofi. I don't hide behind Woods. But you're the one hiding behind an excuse. You're the one saying that you only lost to me when I cashed in because you were injured. Well, you seem fine now. So at 8 p.m. tomorrow, as Raw comes on the air, I will already be in the ring waiting for you to defend my title. And they announce that this match, Bobby Lashley versus Big E, will open Monday Night Raw. And I've seen the fucking tweets. Why is this opening the show? This is a main event. This shouldn't be the first thing on the show. Blah, 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 blah. But if on some of these tweets and on some of these accounts, if you go back and read some of their tweets, they're the same goddamn people that were saying, oh my God, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega was a perfect opener. That match was amazing to open Grand Slam. So why are you... Dogging on this match being an opener, but you're all good and well about AEW doing big matches as their opener. It doesn't make sense. Again, people being fucking dumb. 
Also, Gabriel Perez, I do want to say thank you for your super chat. I see that you have, you want to talk about Becky and stuff, so we'll talk about that after the SmackDown Women's title match. But I do have your super chat, and I do want to say thank you for that. Speaking of SmackDown Women's title match, that match happened right now. Well, next. The match went 17 and a half minutes, and this match was really, really good. I don't know what I missed. I missed something. Maybe I missed five seconds. Maybe I missed two minutes. I don't know. Because in the middle of this match, my peacock refreshed itself. But I do know that it was a fantastic match until the fucking lame-ass, dumb-ass, stupid-ass finish. So, it is the special ring introductions. And the fans broke out and allowed Becky chant and EST chant all at the same time. So Lynch went for the manhandle slam early, but Belair countered with a KOD. Lynch avoided the KOD and rolled to the floor. Michael Cole pushed that Belair almost beat Lynch in 26 seconds. That if she would have hit that KOD, she would have won in roughly 26 seconds. We then got dueling. Let's go Becky EST chants. Let's go Becky EST. Belair then used a slam and hit a splash for a near fall. Lynch briefly was in control, but Belair avoided with her moonsault and a drop kick. Lynch hung Belair on the top rope using Belair's ponytail. Lynch then took over and slowed down the pace. Fans continued the dueling chance. Let's go Becky EST. Lynch followed this up with a sliding drop kick. No, sliding leg drop and then an elbow drop. Belair avoided a disarm her, but Lynch hit a suplex. Lynch then slowed down the pace again with a chin lock. Fans broke out in another dueling let's go Becky EST chant. Belair powered out and hit a suplex. Followed this up with a forearm and a drop kick. Belair then hit a suplex rolled through, and hit a delayed vertical suplex. Lynch and Belair then did tug-of-war over Belair's hair. Really? They did this in the Bailey match. They've done this in the Sasha match. I'm kind of over it. Belair then pulled Lynch in and hit a spine buster for a close two. Lynch then hit a crossbody, but Belair caught her and hit a fallaway slam for a near fall. Lynch recovered, climbed to the top rope, but Belair cut her off. Then my peacock kind of wigged out for a minute, froze, and came right back. Belair picked up Lynch and hit a, pa- a press slam. Lynch escaped. Lynch then went for the disarm her, and Belair made it to the ropes. Then my peacock refreshed itself. And when it did, came back, and they were just both down. And I go, what just happened? Huh? And I couldn't rewind. Because apparently you can only rewind what you've already watched live. So I don't know what the hell I missed. And so Becky counters a armbar with a powerbomb. Got another near fall off of it. Traded shots and pinfall attempts. Lynch rolled through and went for a disarm her. And also, also, they say if any part of your body is touching the ropes during a pin, it's a rope break. Well, I guess not. Bianca's hair because there was a spot where Bianca's hair was draped over the bottom rope as she was getting pinned and the ref didn't call it a rope break so I guess Bianca's hair does not count for rope breaks only your feet and your arms anyways Lynch rolled through a pin attempt and went for a disarm her Belair then powered out Belair then went for the KOD essentially was going to win the match going to win back the Smackdown Women's Championship and all of a sudden in flies Sasha Banks she attacks Belair, 
the bell rings, and I guess we call this a DQ in favor of Bianca, but because it's a disqualification, Bianca picks up the win, but doesn't get the title. No title change. As it says right there, no title change. After the match, Banks attacks Belair wildly and then brawls with Becky. Becky looking shocked, looking confused, almost scared that Sasha is out there. Banks gained the upper hand and beat down both Lynch and Belair by herself. Becky sitting in the corner, clutching her belt like, what's going on? What the, what, what the fuck are you out here? Huh? What? And as Sasha is leaving, going up the ramp, she goes, I'll see you both Friday on SmackDown. I'll be there. Sasha will be there Friday on SmackDown, as she stated. So, Gabriel's super chat here says, let me pull it up. Bigger. Since Becky's still SD champ, and there's speculation of Becky going to Raw, do you see the title exchange with do you see a title title exchange with Charlotte? It happened last year on on tag teams. Yes, that could happen. Where Charlotte's the Raw Women's Champion, Becky's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Flip them, and then they're still champions on whatever brand they're on. That could happen. But there's the other possibility of Sasha opening the show. Sasha saying, I didn't get my match at SummerSlam. I want it tonight. Becky, let's go. Bianca then come out and saying, hey, 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 girl. You've messed up my title match when I was about to win. I want Becky tonight. I want a rematch from Extreme Rules. Then Sonya Deville can come out and go, you know what? Because Becky, actually, Becky's going to come out and go, oh, you two blokes, I don't want to fight either. I'm the champ. I'm the man. I ain't got to fight you. I already fought on the pay-per-view. Then Sonya can come out and go, no, Becky, that's not what's going to happen. Tonight you will defend your title. But you will defend your title against both women. And then Bianca can win the title. Sasha can win the title. And then you draft Becky over to Raw. You do a triple threat on SmackDown. You open the show with the angle, and you build up to it for the main event. I think that's something they could do. I think you do it that way. I could be completely wrong, but if I'm if I'm um, fantasy booking, that's what I would do. I would have both women come out and say, "Hey, I didn't get a fair shake in my you know my opportunities." Sasha says, "I didn't get my actual match." Bianca can say, "I got screwed out of my match." Becky can say, "I don't want to fight either of you," and that's when Sonya comes and makes a triple threat. Just saying. Again, it's fantasy booking, so who knows if that's even going to happen. Then we move on to our main event. It's an Extreme Rules match for the Universal title. It's the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, the big dog. The head of the table, the Tribal Chief, defending against the Demon Finn Balor. And Finn gets to come out second here, which is interesting because the champ always comes out second. Challenger always comes out first, but nope. I guess they wanted that visual of the demon coming out, the demon getting the big reaction from the crowd, and Roman kind of in the ring, no selling it, just just looking at him like, get this shit over with so I can beat your ass. As far as Kai's super chat here, he says, I saw someone say WWE killed the demon for having him get pinned, even though Joe beat him too. Match was phenomenal until the end. Correct. This ain't the first time the demon's lost in WWE. He lost a... Steel cage match at NXT TakeOver the end to Samoa Joe with the NXT title on the line. So this ain't the first time the Demon's lost. I don't think the Demon should have lost. I think in the way the match finished, it was the perfect way for the Demon to win 
and they shouldn't have done that finish if the demon was not going to win. Also, kudos to Finn for not fucking breaking his neck when the top rope broke. Anyways, let's get into the match. Roman and Balor traded shots early on, and I loved how Roman sold these. Roman did not sell this offense by the demon early as, ow, that hurt, he's hurting me, he's going to take me out. More of, oh, crap. He's a little stronger than I expected. These shots are kind of hurting more than I thought. Because it wasn't like, you know, he punches Roman in the gut, he kicks him in the calf, and it wasn't like those shots took out Roman, but it was more of they shocked Roman because they were more powerful than he expected. And I loved the way Roman sold that. Maybe I'm the only one that saw it like that. Maybe I'm overlooking and overanalyzing, but that's how I saw it. It wasn't that Finn's early offense was quote-unquote hurting Roman enough to take him down early, but surprising him in how more powerful they actually were than he expected. The Reigns started fighting back, though, and hit a Samoan drop for a close near fall early, like very early, within the first, like, 90 seconds. Reigns, uh, he rolls out of the ring, Reigns, that is, and grabbed a kendo stick. Fans booed because they wanted a table. Reigns looked around, and Balor appears on the other side of the ring with a bunch of kendo sticks all, all taped together. A demonic kendo stick stack. Balor uses sticks to beat down Reigns, but Reigns then fought back. Fans then broke out into another We Want Tables chance. Balor trapped Roman in the ring skirt and beat him down for a moment. He started to pull out a table from under the ring and got a massive, massive pop because that's what this crowd wanted all fucking night. Someone to go through a table. Reigns then cut Balor off and pushed the table. This was great. Pushed the damn table back under the ring. And the crowd booed him. And he goes, I don't care what you want. I loved this. And they built this up perfectly. Roman denying them the table spot they wanted all night. Because, keep listening, it plays up perfectly. So Roman's beating Balor's ass. He's just wrecking Balor right now. And Reign grabs a chair and beats down Finn. Balor fights back and hits a double foot stomp with the chair. Fans break out in another table chant. They fight near the kick. Uh, they start fighting near the um, what's it called? Timekeeper area. And Finn gets thrown out into the crowd. Roman looks at Heyman and is like, give it to me. I need it. Give it to me. And he puts on a fucking mask to go fight in the crowd. And I go, wow. That's actually kind of smart for two different reasons. It's A, because Roman just doesn't want to be around a bunch of people because he's, you know, amino cum. Uh, I'm going to fuck these words up. Amino compromised with, you know, his leukemia and stuff. So he can catch COVID easier than a normal person. But also, it's kind of like the heel saying, yeah, and like even if you don't know about the whole, you know, if, you know, his, his um, what's, immune system is lesser than others, so he can catch COVID easier than others. But even if you didn't know that, you would just think of it as, oh, this is a heel that doesn't want to catch their dirty germs, doesn't want to get COVID from this fans. It's a cool heel move, too. It puts the mask on and starts brawling with Finn in the, in the crowd. They finally fight over to the kickoff panel table. Fighting, and they're fighting. Roman throws Finn up onto the table. Finn then stands up, 
hits a crossbody off the table, and what happens? Roman goes through another table standing next to it. So Roman, the one that denied them their table spot when Finn started pulling out a table, is the one that actually goes through a table first. I thought that was genius. Great, great, great. I loved it. So Finn's beating him down, and Roman's trying to run away, but Finn's still on the attack as they get back to ringside. They're going. They get in the ring, and Finn tries to set up another table. Roman stops him. He takes Roman down. He sets up the table. As he sets up the table, he turns around, and he gets caught by the tribal chief, who urinages him through the table in the ring. It's close. Near fall off of it. Fans break out and allow this is awesome chant, because not only did they get their table spot, but they got a second table spot. Reigns then misses a Superman punch, and Balor hits a Pele kick. Reigns recovered and hit a Superman punch for a two. Reigns then goes for a spear, but Balor counters with a knee to the face. At this point, actually, I think it was right before this. Heyman's like, you've got this. You're the tribal chief. You're the universal champion. No one's better than you. He's like, yeah, that's right. I am the head of the table. I am the most badass. He's like, Heyman's like pumping him up, pumping him up, pumping him up. Then he takes the knee to the face. Uh, Finn then follows up with a sling blade. Balor goes for the shotgun dropkick, and Roman hits him with a spear for a near fall. When Balor kicks out, he gives Reigns a low blow reminiscent of their title match on SmackDown when Finn went for a pin and Roman kicked out with a low blow. Again, great storytelling in this match. A nice callback to a couple of weeks ago. Balor takes advantage of this and hits a dive on the floor. He follows up with the coup de gras, but the Usos come in and pull him out of the ring right as the ref's about to count three. He comes down one. He comes out two. He comes down through. Usos pull Finn out. And they start beating him down to ringside. They're beating down Finn. And they've got a table set up at ringside. They hit him with a double super kick. It looks like they're about to give him like a double choke slam or whatever through the table or a spine buster, double spine buster deal. They lift Finn up. Finn the Mongolian chops them both. And the, the Usos go down. He then gets one of the Usos. I don't know which one it was. It might have been Jimmy, and he knocks him out. And it takes the other Uso. I think it might have been Jay. And he barely, but still, puts him through the announce table. Fans go apeshit banana, because what? They got a third table spot. They got a third table spot. They're going nuts. They're going wild. They're going bananas. Finn turns around. Spear through the barricade into the announce keeper area, into the timekeeper's area. Crowd again. Losing their goddamn minds. We get a holy shit chant from the crowd. Everybody's down. The Usos. Roman. The Demon. All of a sudden, the lights go down. They come back right when you hear, tong, tong. And every time they go, tong, tong, Finn. Like he's getting shocked with the defibrillator. Tong, tong. Tong, tong. Tong, tong. All of a sudden, the demon music or Finn's music plays. And he rises to his feet. Roman slowly starts to get up. And what happens? It's taken out and put through a table. Finn grabs a chair, beating down Roman with a chair, grabs him, throws him in the ring. 
I go, okay, okay. This is kind of dumb. We got the red light on and Finn's music is playing. But if he wins because of this, this is actually a really cool element they've added to the fiend or the demon, the demon, the demon. To where his music gives him power and strength. It's kind of dumb when you think about it, but at the same time, it's a cool element for the character. So he's on the top rope and he's standing there and you're like, okay, there's a lot of smoke going. Maybe he's trying to get his footing about him. Maybe he's trying to see how far Finn, how far Roman is. I'm for some reason thinking he's about to win. I'm stupid as a motherfucker thinking, oh my God, they're doing this and he's going to win the title. And also we hear a gunshot. Finn falls to the mat. The lights come on and he kind of gets to his knees and he looks around like, what the fuck just happened? He gets to his feet. Top rope fucking snapped. Broke. He turns around. Eats a spear. One, two, three. Gets pinned by Roman Reigns. And I go, God damn it. Now, I got to give WWE kudos and knock them at the same time. Because at first glance, you think the whole dum-dum. Finn getting power from it. More dum-dums and dum-dums and dum-dums. And Finn gets more and more power. You think in, in, in hindsight, in the beginning of that, when that first starts, it's kind of dumb. But then when you really look at it, you go, okay, it's a kind of a, a cool element to add to the character. Only if he's going to win with that. Only if he's going to win with that. If he's going to lose, then it's stupid. It's very stupid to pin the, the demon itself. But then you've got the top rope snapping. So what, is Finn going to come back and go, whoa, 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 I had you beaten and the fucking top rope broke. That ain't my fault. I want another rematch. And kudos to Finn for not just breaking his neck when that top rope snapped and he had to crash down to the mat because it was dark and that red light was on and there was smoke everywhere. Someone give him a countdown and go, three, two, one, jump, break the ropes. Now I go, I don't know how they coordinated that to be as smooth as it was. But I, I just felt like it was dumb that they did it and he lost. If they did it and he won, it would have been a really, really cool element that you add to the character. That he's beat down. He's out. But you do it to where there's like a double down spot. Both men are out of it. No one's going to get back to their feet. But then the music of the, the demon helps him rise. And gives him power. And then he wins. Or he should win. But in the end, Roman Reigns retains the title. He gets the belt. Him and the Usos walk off. He trashes, trash talks into the camera. That's why I'm the best. That's why I'm the tribal chief. Da, 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 da. And they go off the air. So it's like a great match with a possible really cool finish that ended up sucking. Sucking big time. That was the Elimination Chamber paper. No. Why do I keep saying Elimination Chamber? Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I did this the other day, too. The Extreme Rules pay-per-view. And you know what I thought of the show? I thought it was an okay show, all right at best, with really good wrestling here and there. But with that, now I know I want to know what you guys thought of the show. Remember, if you want to let me know what you thought of the show, you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341 or being like Kai and Gabriel and putting a super chat in the live chat. Because remember, all super chats... Do help us out here greatly on the channel. But with that, before we do any of that, it's almost over, but it still is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We have teamed up with the good people over at Wicked Cuts Beef Jerky. They've teamed up with the good people at WWE and Connors Cure and the V Foundation to raise some money for those great causes. So let's have a little talk about how you 
can help out Connor's Cure and the V Foundation and get yourself some pretty yummy, tasty beef jerky at the same time. It's Patriotic Cancer Awareness Month, and we here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited have teamed up with Wicked Cuts Jerky to fight the big fight against childhood cancer. Wicked Cuts Jerky is also partnering with WWE, Connor's Cure, and the V Foundation on this critical endeavor. Stephanie McMahon and Paul Triple H Levesque founded Connor's Cure to honor the life of a very special little boy, Connor Malik, an eight-year-old wrestling fan who inspired the universe through his battle with metalloblastoma. Through their partnership with WWE and the V Foundation, Connor's Cure is dedicated to raising funds and supporting the ongoing research in new agents for innovative therapies for kinder treatment and ending patriotic cancer. Over 400,000 children worldwide are diagnosed with cancer every single year. And in the United States, it's the leading cause of death by disease post-infancy. Connor's Cure has teamed up with the Wicked Cuts Jerky Group to create a new flavor of smoked barbecue bacon jerky. All proceeds for the sale of this exclusive flavor will be contributed to the V Foundation and Connor's Cure to ensure the continuation of the research needed to help and end childhood cancer. Children are our future. We must fight to ensure that every child has the chance for a bright future full of hope and opportunity. So now you have the opportunity to purchase your own bag of smoked barbecue recipe at www.wickedcuts.com. That's Wicked Cuts with a Z. Remember, every dime of this special flavor does go to end the war of childhood cancer. So with that, guys, head over to wickedcuts.co and get your bag of their new special recipe of barbecue. What is it called? Hold on, I got a bag right here. It is. Smoked barbecue recipe beef jerky. It's delicious. I got some. Now do your part. Go get some cool beef jerky and help out Connor's Cure and the V Foundation and the fight against pediatric cancer. But with that, now I want to know what you guys thought of the show. As far as the polls do go on the Twitch poll side of things, 86% of you liked tonight's Extreme Rules pay-per-view, with 14% not liking it. As far as the Twitter poll, because I actually threw up a Twitter poll. Forty percent thought the show was just all right. Thirty-two percent did not like Extreme Rules, and twenty-seven percent did like the show. As far as the YouTube poll does go, fifty percent liked tonight's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Thirty-four percent thought it was just all right, and sixteen percent did not like the show. As far as the text messages go, let's load those up right here. This first one says, "Honestly, this was one of the worst and dumbest endings I've seen to a wrestling match." Spins 190 pounds and somehow he snapped. The rope snapped. They could have just broke. Oh, they could have just had Brock. Cost Finn the match. That would have been a better way than this garbage. I agree that the rope snapping was kind of dumb, but we don't know how the rope snapped. Maybe the Usos caused it. Maybe Paul Heyman caused it. We don't know. It says, well, seeing the finish to Reigns and Balor, do you think Roman counts as being God's favorite champion? Sure, because after he pinned Finn, he like looked up to God and basically said, thank you. I thought Extreme Rules had four good matches. 
and one good woman's match. Okay, well, that's kind of sexist to say four good matches and one good woman's match. Why can't you just say five good matches then? Like, geez. Or says, Raw and SmackDown had great women's championship matches, but I didn't want Charlotte and Becky to win. I liked them, but wanted them to lose and get traded. Well, they still can. They still can, because as we saw last year with the New Day and with the Street Profits, you can switch those champions and then just swap the belts or whatever. Or says, do you think we're going to see a three-way match for the SmackDown? Okay, I talked about this earlier. Yes, I think that is a good possibility. Or says, keep doing an amazing job on PW Unlimited. And also, who do you see challenging for the IC Championship and U.S. Championships and Raw Women's Champion? Honestly, I can't answer any of these questions on who's going to challenge for what title next because I don't know who's going to be on the shows in a week. I know who's going to be on Raw tomorrow. Friday, draft starts, and we don't know anything. Or says, what's the point of calling a pay-per-view Extreme Rules if there's only one match with a stipulation just plain stupid? It's like calling a pay-per-view TLC and only doing one TLC match. It's like calling a pay-per-view TLC and only doing one TLC match where you don't even climb to win. You pin to win. Or says, Damian Priest won because it's his birthday today. No, it's because Vince really likes him and he's a very well-protected and was not going to lose this title regardless if it was his birthday or not. He would have won if it was Sheamus' birthday. Or says, if that's the case, does Bobby an MVP or just Bobby turn face? What do you, I don't understand your questions. What's the case? Uh, I don't understand that one. And this one says, what major trades do you think will take place during the draft? I mean, I keep hearing Becky's name as a possible trade. I think after tonight and after possibly tomorrow, we could see Bobby Lashley traded. Drew McIntyre is always a name that's been floating around here over the last couple of months. So there's options. Becky, Bobby, Drew. Those are all three options that are very viable. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter. Yes, I said Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. And follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited. So with that, guys, we will be back live tomorrow for Monday Night Raw. Remember, Raw kicks off with a WWE title match, Big E versus Bobby Lashley. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night, and I'll see you next time.